Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all. We've been off the we've been off the air for a couple weeks. Unfortunately, I was uh, not doing programs uh, last week because I was out with surgery, uh, along with a couple couple other things I had to handle. Uh, but what's up, guys? I mean, uh, I've missed you. Uh, you know, what's the dealio? I'm back. What what have I missed? <laughs> I say that obviously in a sarcastic way in a funny tone, but, uh, uh, it's been quite the, um, I I just can't even believe what's going on. I mean, we are living in a time like never before. We really are, you know, uh, I'm feeling great though. You know, we got a big, a lot of big things planned for the future of the show. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are all incredible. The show is listened to in 25 countries and on 70 online platforms. And as everybody knows, I will be releasing a, a new network here very shortly, probably this week. Uh, big names doing their shows on there, uh, TV, radio, a 24-7 breaking news coverage, all that fun jazz. And we're really taking it to the next level and, uh, you know, getting evolved with the times. Uh, and by the way, the name of that site is the next NEX Gen, G-E-N-U-S-A dot com. Um, guys, I, uh, you know, Father's Day was this past weekend. I hope you all um, celebrated well. I hope you, um, you know, gave uh, as much attention and praise and love uh, to your old man as possible. You know, uh, I'll tell you what, it's uh, always a hard day for me. Um, you know, it's one of those times where um, – I go into a dark place. Um, most people know my dad died almost nine years ago. Uh, you know, he was my everything. Uh, he was my soulmate, my mentor, my best friend, my coach, uh, you know, just the perfect father. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for anything more. And, um, you know, that night, you know, when, when he uh, left us and uh, went to heaven, I'll, I'll tell you, I lost a part of me that I'll never get back. And, uh, you know, over the years, obviously, I've battled many demons dealing with it, you know, and I, and I want everybody to know out there, you know, I, I also know that there's a lot of people like myself that, you know, couldn't celebrate with their loved one because, unfortunately, they are no longer in existence, um, you know, with us physically, on, you know, on earth. Uh, but we, you know, I've learned and what I've carried on with me is that uh, cherish all the good times, you know, remember everything that was pivotal and important, you know, that you were taught, that, that you were, the principles and values that, that you were presented with. And, um, you know, I'll tell you something. Um, I'm very lucky because I, you know, I feel like I spent more time with my father in 20 years than most, or, or you know, in a lifetime. You know, I, I was with him side by side, hip by hip, um, currently writing an autobiography uh, about his life and about his, um, you know, this situation. I mean, he, uh, you talk about rags from riches, you know, he, um, really grew up in the poor, poor parts of Chicago. Um, you know, moved to Seattle when he was a young kid, obviously everybody knows that's where I grew up. And, um, you know, he uh, was a star baseball player, played minor league baseball, got injured, 
um, you know, then took a basic job, went, to, went into teaching, went into coaching high school teams. I mean, at one point he was even a janitor. But then one day, you know, and, and I was a very young kid when this happened, he started build, building a real estate empire. I mean, he built something from the from absolutely – and every – you know, the miraculous story about this is that people said you're never, you're never going to succeed. It's never going to happen. And you know what? He was one of those guys where if you told him he couldn't do something, he's going to go prove you wrong. And that, that's exactly what he did. And, and it's just it, in the amount of time that um, he, he made this all happen in terms of creating this lux, luxurious and unbelievable uh, career, uh, it's, it's just – it's something to tell. You know, it, it really kind of in, – in, in all reality, it really defines the American dream. You know, um, my grandparents didn't even own a house growing up. I mean, my, my, my father, um, his, his parents, you know, they, they always rented. I mean, that's, they were poor, you know, and um, I, I, I respect every single person that, uh, you know, does it, does it the right way, you know, works their ass off, you know, and, and that's, that's the beauty about this country. That, that really is the beauty. I don't want to get too off topic. Obviously, my dad's my hero. I have a lot of praise for him. I have a lot of respect for him. I have a lot of love for him. And, um, but, I, you know, I just wanted to kind of uh, shine light on Father's Day because I think a lot of men and I, and I think a lot of fathers in general lately uh, from the media, from the feminists, from a lot of these radical groups don't get the credit they deserve. And, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of, sadly, um, you know, certain organizations that are out of the situation and, you know, leaving, you know, moms, you know, you know, and it's, it's, they play this whole sexism game. It's just a bunch of nonsense, but, you know, I, I just, I just wanted to kind of put that out there that, uh, you know, I hope everybody, you know, um, really, really, and don't take your parents for granted. Don't take your, your dad or your mom, you know, uh, don't let this whole political spectrum, um, you know, allow you to play sides because really that that's what's going on right now. Uh, especially, you know, with, with how there's no due process, uh, from, you know, according to the left with, with men and when they get into trouble or, you know, you know, men are always at fault. I mean, that's the narrative these days. I mean, it's crazy. It really is crazy. And, you know, we, we talk about women's rights so often. I think we need to talk more about men's rights. I think men's rights are really the ones that at jeopardy right now. I think they're the ones in, in, in the most danger. I think they're the ones that, you know, need to really be. But, you know, people come out and talk about that, and guess what happens? Backlash. You know, it, it, it's sick. It's sick. Whatever, though. Um, guys, I, I can't even believe it, though. Tonight it's 270. It's 270. And, um, you know, we, 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 haven't, we haven't really got much further in terms of uh, this whole mask bullshit. The corona thing is, uh, you know, According to the left, uh, the new world order is, is deep, hard at work with the deep state. I mean, we, we've got we got a lot to get into. I want to I want to welcome to the show. Uh, I believe he's with us right now. Uh, retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Valsi. Give me one second. I am trying to connect, guys. Gotten some issues. Michael, are you with us? Sure am, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, things are sure sure pretty busy. I know that. It's not a ne- never a dull news day. So uh, 
sure we have a lot to talk about tonight. Thanks again for having me, and uh, looking forward to the show. Absolutely. Well, always a pleasure having you with us, my friend. Um, and uh, you know, I know I know you had a birthday last week. I I sent you uh, birthday wishes, and uh, I'm I'm glad you had a great day though, and I hope you had a good Father's Day as well. Sure did. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely, my friend. Um, I want to introduce to the show. I believe he's with us. We have retired NYPD officer and political candidate from New York. Always a great value to the show. Joe Murray. Joe, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing, Rory? Good to be here, and I'm glad you're doing better. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate that, and, uh, you know, glad to have you back. What's new? What's going on? Uh, it's terrible. You know, everything that's going on here in New York City and these wacko politicians, everything they're doing, turning us uh, turning everything against the police officers. Just uh, recently, they disbanded the anti-crime unit, about 600 plainclothes units that were primarily responsible for removing guns from the streets. And what is the consequence? Shootings are up dramatically. People are getting shot left and right. Last weekend, from Friday to Saturday, we had 25 shootings. And guess who the victims were? They were all black and brown. Black so on black this- crime, and they don't want to talk about it, and it drives me nuts. They only want to talk. And what about all these black cops that are getting killed? There's not a damn word about it. The only thing they want to talk about is the white cop going after the black guy. And, you know, not all, but some of those times, I would say more than not, they were justified. But we don't we – don't, they don't care about the truth. They want to talk about this whole victim mentality, and it's the whole political agenda of where they stand. It's divisive tactics. You're absolutely right. It's disgusting. And they're turning the public against the police, and they're all jumping on the bandwagon when in reality it's the police officer that's out there in their neighborhood protecting and serving 24 7 365 unlike these wacko politicians that you only see them when it's election time and they jump on this nonsense black lives matter is like its organization i can't believe how they're holding them up painting streets you know with with black lives matter meanwhile Black lives are being slaughtered in the streets because they won't allow police to protect them. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and, and Joe, all these politicians telling the police, stand down, stand down, let them do what they're going to do. It's bullshit, Joe, and I'm tired of this shit. And you know what? If, they, if these politicians don't do something about it, then us citizens, millions of us, are going to take the damn streets, and it's going to be a damn civil war. We're not playing games. You know, Rory, you're absolutely right, and I've been contacted by so many retired law enforcement. You know, you don't really retire from being a cop. You take an oath to protect and serve, and it stays with you for the rest of your life. So, so many right. of my brother and sister officers, are reaching out because they cannot believe what's going on. And to see uh, Governor Cuomo would not allow the National Guard to participate in, in maintaining safety and order. He would not even allow the state police to participate and assist the NYPD. They're allowing this bullshit to go on. So I'm getting contacted by so many people, retired law enforcement, 
military veterans who are ready to take the streets back and do what must on and do it the right way because we can't stand this anymore. No, I know. I know. And, and look at, you know, what's sad is look at the city of New York. I was just watching a video and New York is turning into Chicago in the sense that they're telling the police officers, Oh, just to the gang members, in terms of the gang member violence, just let them have at it. Just don't even, don't even, you know, engage, just drive by. I mean, they're based, I mean, that's what these politicians are telling these officers to do. I mean, in reality, it's not safe going into some of these areas. But the fact that it's like turn turn a blind eye, I mean, you know, it's crazy out there. Yeah, and then this whole thing with releasing all the prisoners, emptying the jails, they're not prosecuting a lot of these cases, all these rioters that get arrested, hundreds of them getting arrested. They're not prosecuting them. So what is the message you're telling people? It's okay to act lawlessly. It's just outrageous. And this whole notion of defunding the police is ridiculous. Now more than ever, the police need to be supported. I I can't imagine how these politicians are going to get away with this. There's going to be a backlash here. People are going to rise up. That's how many Giuliani got into office. And Joe, Joe, what are they going to do? Like, Call a social worker? That's that's their alternative. That's what they want to do. Oh, yeah, I'm going to call a social worker when somebody's burglarizing my house or about to kill my kid or about to freaking, you know, create a homicide. Oh, yeah, I'm going to call it. So these people are ridiculous. I mean, they've lost their mind. And I, I believe that most of these Democrats know that this is idiotic. It's ludicrous. But it's all part of the new world order because they know that they can feed this to their sheep and they will buy into it. You're exactly right. That's what they're doing. This is all just part of the political cycle. You know, they're trying to just brainwash people into this, that they need this. This is good for us. You know, I actually, when I ran for district attorney, I sat in on that uh, city council. They were voting to close Rikers Island. I couldn't believe it when I actually heard it. But this is their philosophy. People don't belong in cages. There is no such thing as criminals. They're victims. They need programs. They need, you know, to be held and hugged. This is their philosophy. It's bullshit. It doesn't work. And a lot of these people weren't around or old enough to remember when I joined the police department in 1987 where the, the, I was in Midtown. It was a cesspool. There was so much street violence. 1992, we had 2,400 murders. That's people that didn't survive. There were many, many more shot, stabbed, beaten up that, that survived, but it was so brutal. Uh, and people that are around now talking all this nonsense, defund the police, they don't remember. They weren't around in the 80s and the early 90s when this was happening. So what's going to happen is gonna, history will repeat itself. We're going down that path right now. But hopefully people are starting to wake up when they see all this rioting and this violence. The street violence is what's scaring people. Hopefully now they realize this and and they use their heads and hopefully we get the right people in office. Yeah, I mean, Joe, could you imagine? I mean, we're going to get into this a lot tonight, but could you imagine a, a country without police? I mean, I mean, and you have you know what I find funny, Joe? And I keep yeah. laughing at this whole, 
at the, at the scenario where you have all these white liberals that live in the suburbs that go to private universities that hold up signs that say defund the police. I mean, these, these, these are the so same funny, kids then, that have mommy and daddy living in their mansions, paying for their tuition, protecting them with armed guards, and they want to say defund the police. I'm, hey, but hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody who's wealthy. I grew up very privileged, but I also grew up with common sense, and I also grew up a conservative, and I was taught proper values. These idiots are taught garbage, and, you know, I, I mean, liberals are, you know what I call these people? I call them limousine liberals, because they'll go back to their yeah. mansions at night, but in the daytime, they'll say they know the hardships of the black community and what's best for the blacks. In reality, they've never walked a foot in those shoes in their life. Right. You're exactly right. I'll tell you, it's kind of funny when you see these videos during these protests, and we had one over here recently where there was a protest and they were throwing bottles and stuff at a guy's car. The guy pulled over and got out of the car and started chasing them. And they all started yelling, call the police, call the police. It's hysterical. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. Here they are yeah, these are the, yeah, no, Joe, 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 these are the people saying defund the police, but then they're the first person to call them when they're in trouble. I'm like, right. you can't have it both ways, you know? It's really incredible, but, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I'll say it again, 1992, I believe it was 2,400 homicides. Right, right now, last year, we had less than 300. So crime is down dramatically, but it is creeping back, and now that they're pulling back the workhorse, street crime and anti-crime, the plainclothes uh, plain police officers that are out there, they are the workhorses. They are the crime fighters. These are the hunters that go out there, stop people, pull guns off the street before people get shot and killed. Now, that's proactive policing. That's preventative, crime prevention. They don't want that anymore. They want reactive policing. So now, instead of stopping the shootings, we're going to show up after the shootings and process the crime scenes. It's not going to be any more proactive, and that's what drives crime because the perps know it. They know cops are not out there proactively searching and stopping people. True. Very true. Very true, Joe. Um, very well said. I'm glad you could join us tonight. Uh, a lot to get into. Um, stay with us because I'm excited to hear your opinions. Absolutely. Thank you, Ron. Absolutely. Um, everybody, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get into I'm gonna get into my opening rants. I will be actually I wanna I wanna introduce on the panel. I believe he's with us right now. Uh we have US congressional candidate from Florida, Toby Overton. Toby, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rory, how Overdorf. are you? Overdorf. Overdorf. Yes. My bad. Overdorf. My bad, buddy. My bad. How you doing, man? Welcome <laughs> no to the worries. show. I, I'm well, thank you. I've been called a lot worse, but it's all good. No worries. What's new, man? How's everything going down in Florida? How's the campaign? How's the, how, you know, what, what's, uh, what's the, uh, give us the 411. Well, things are going great down here. Um, we have uh, had a great, uh, believe it or not, had a great month of uh, fundraising, and uh, things are, are honestly really taking off. Um, we're all uh, qualified as we head towards the uh, head towards the elections here. Um, it's interesting. The uh, the opposing party has made sure that every single uh, Republican has a has an opposition um, in their races. 
And so November is going to be uh, what they believe in, an interesting month, but I, I really believe the, Dem- the Republicans are really going to ride their own um, ability to just run right back into the, into offices and or expand our lead here in the Florida house um, and the Florida Senate and being able to uh, just take off with our, uh, with our parties down here. You know, it's interesting right now, as we look across our, our great land, our great nation, there's so much um, of our history that's being discounted, that's being misinterpreted. I mean, I saw the other day where um, Ulysses says Grant, uh, his statue is, is just ripped down and, and taken apart and destroying again some history. I mean, here's the guy that fought to free the slaves, fought to with, with everything yeah. he could to make sure that the North won, yet, yet they're taking it down. And a friend of mine said to me, you know, Toby, the only reason they took it down is because the guy's a Republican. And it just it didn't make it, it just doesn't make any sense to me right now of how we're destroying history, you know. The governor of Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis, is, a, is a, just a, a great governor. He's done some fantastic stuff. But this past year, um, we signed into uh, – he, he actually just signed into law today a, uh, a law, um, House Bill 1213. It's entitled Educational Instruction of Historical Events. You know, our, our body um, recognizes that we need to learn from our history, and one of the things that it requires – our Department of Education to talk about is what's something called the 1920 Ocoee Election Day riots. This was a this was a, a sad history within Florida, where we actually had um, several uh, African Americans that were killed just because they wanted to vote, and that's something that we should not have within this country. But instead of burying this and forgetting about it. Uh, we chose yeah. this year in the Florida House to make sure that we know about our history, that we learn from our history, that we move forward with our history, because without it, we will repeat the same mistakes that we have done before. So that's kind of what's going on down here. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up about our, our history um, and, yeah. and learning about that. Um, and uh, there you go. Well, I'll tell you, man, I, you know, I love guys like you because you guys are, you know, Toby, you're a true patriot. You really are. And, you know, I love your values. I love what you stand for. I love how you carry yourself, you know. And uh, Trump has, and I've said this many times on my show, and I'll say it again, Trump has created this amazing opportunity and road and route for all these outsiders because before it was always politicians. I mean, you know, it, it wasn't normal or it, it wasn't a thing for all these different, you know, people of people of different backgrounds to uh, get in there for office. So, uh, you know, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. And, and like I say all the time on my show, I believe the days of the politician are limited because I believe people both on the right and the left are fed up. They're fed up with all these career swamp creatures, um, you know, that uh, haven't been doing anything for them. And whether you, whether people love or hate Trump, he's woken people up to um, the corruption on both sides and what both sides have been missing in terms of outsiders. Well, and, and Rory, you bring a great point. One of the things that, that I signed off on immediately coming into office was that I was pledging to, uh, to pass any constitutional amendment that would limit terms for our politicians. And specifically, I mean, there is no reason we should have members of Congress in there for 40 years. That is just absolutely. And how, how can you be in touch with a normal everyday man by being a congressman for, or a congresswoman for 40 years? 
It's absolutely right. insane. And, you know, without that yeah. fresh thinking, without those people that really want to be next to the, to the others, and maybe they've owned a business in their lives. Imagine that concept. Um, and now they're, right. now they're in politics. They understand what it's like to write a paycheck or to struggle to, to make sure that your employees are paid. It, it, is, it really is amazing. But I couldn't agree more with you. I think that there's a, there's a changing mechanism in our country right now, and I think there's a change yeah. for the better in, in politics. And, and Toby, I, you know, I, I'm I'm really glad you could join us, and I'm excited to hear your opinions after my opening rants. But I just want to add one last thing to this. You know, you're at, you're absolutely right in terms of these. I mean, these these scumbag politicians in their 40 years, 40 years, they don't do a damn thing for us for legislation, but they fill up their own pockets and enrich themselves. I mean, they. Why wasn't this called out years ago? I mean, it was, but, but not by enough presidents, not by enough people, because you know why? Others were too busy looking out for themselves. Well, I couldn't agree more, yeah. Lori, and you know, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say tonight, and uh, thank you so much for having me as a part of your show tonight. Um, it's, it's great to be, you know, I consider myself a Teddy Roosevelt Republican and that I am uh, I'm all about the environment and bringing that forward and kind of a new breed of Republicans that's, again, based on learning and history. And uh, just one more strike against New York that they're removing the Teddy Roosevelt uh, statue from, uh, from downtown and from the museum. I can't National even believe history. that. It makes, me, it makes me sick. I mean, it, it literally – I saw that he- headline, and I thought it was a parody. I thought I was reading some, something from The Onion. But then I looked, and it's actually real. I mean, these people are out of their mind, Toby. Well, I'm not sure what, you know, um, as, uh, as, as Teddy would say back in the day, you know, everything was tickety-boo. In other words, it was all satisfactory. It was all in good order. And that certainly is not where we are today. And, uh, you know, what's, what's the ultimate level of statue removal? Are they going to head to Mount Rushmore next? I mean, this is just, it's just amazing. So I look forward to hearing what you have to say, and I'll, I'll stay on the line. Thank you. Absolutely, Toby. Always a pleasure having you join us. Uh, I'm excited to hear your opinions. Um, I want to also welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. Um, good friend of mine. Um, always a great contributor. We got special detective and crime expert Carlo Cavazzuti, also writing a lot of crime books. What's up, Carlo? My my brother. How you doing? Hey, Rory. How are you? I'm I'm doing fine. And uh, it's been raining down here for the last four days, and we got grass growing up to our knees. But uh, damn, where uh, are you? It, where am I? Yeah. Oh, oh, down in Denton, Texas, man. You know, usually it doesn't get this much rain in June, but uh, yeah. we've just been getting blessed with this extra rain. Uh, yeah. You know, because we have that slippy, slidey soil that can ruin your foundation. And, uh, you know, I've been listening to Chief Joe and Toby talking, and, you know, man, they're, they're just point on with what they got to say. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, ab- it, you absolutely. Know, you know, up in Seattle, they got a billion-dollar company that says, "Screw you, my hometown." I can't believe what right. they're doing to my home, my hometown. I can't believe it. It disgusts right. me. And I've mentioned this on my show many times. That whole Chad shop block. I literally grew up about less than two miles from there. Everybody who's been to Seattle knows Capitol Hill, a very big place, uh, lots of very nice parts, but also, you know, lots of 
hip, hipster urban areas, then you can get into some rough parts. But it's quite spread out. But I can't even believe it. It makes me sick. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, well no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I just enjoy talking to you. Um, you know, they broke into the police department, took all those AR-15s yep. out there, or M-16s. I don't know which ones they got. But here, here's all these pansy-ass liberals walking around with the same firearms that they condemn us for owning because they don't want us to be equipped to face a uh, armed rebellion if we need to do that. And, and I think we're getting pretty damn close here. Uh, they're going to keep playing with these people, uh, people like you and me, and keep poking us in the behind with a stick saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Oh, boy, that's the wrong message to send. Poking the because bear. Down here in poking this, the bear. They're poking the bear, dude. Yep. Because down in the south, we have a message. Stand outside and get right with Jesus. Tell him you're on the way. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it, true. Does, it it's doesn't true. get any simpler than that, Rory. Dude, they bet, you know, and I keep, Everybody keeps saying that they're going to be coming to the suburbs, and I'm like, all these Black Lives Matter Antifa people, and, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a movie uh, worse than uh, anything we've ever seen in terms of blood. I mean, it, it, they want to take they, – they, they really want to risk their lives coming into, you know, areas that uh, they're not familiar with. Uh, they, I mean, this, this is idiotic, uh, but they're, they're in for a rude awakening, I'll tell you. The simple solution is once you take out, you know, 20, maybe even 10, 30, 40 of them, uh, they're going to turn their little, little little liberal tails and run back to mommy and daddy's basement because they're not going right. to have, have any way of knowing this. And, you know, these people, right. probably most of them, never, ever shot a gun in their life. And, and no, all of us, never. I mean, my daddy took me out in the woods when I was a young boy taught me how to yes. shoot a 16-gauge shotgun. I could take that apart and put it back together blindfolded. I could load it, rack one in, and put another one in the chamber to know that that gun was loaded. Uh, please, you do not want to mess with us people that own guns. We have too many. And, you know, right. the cops are walking away from New York City PD. They're looking for other jobs. They can't get behind a mayor who wants to disrespect their behinds and over yeah. these crybaby protesters. Right. Right. It's true. It's true. Uh, Carlo, I'm glad you could join us tonight. Stay with us. I'm excited for your opinions and people can find your work, uh, columns, books on cabazootycrime.com, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything's on there. My website, my well, that's my website, my Twitter, my Facebook, uh, an email where they can get a hold of me. And, you know, I got almost my third book out now. It's in the second phase of editing, and it goes through four phases. So that's pretty close to coming out. It would make an awesome Christmas present for some of your readers, especially if they get the first couple books. And, you know, I'll sign books if they need them. Uh, I keep books here, and people want a book. I will sign a book and ship it and mail it to them for a reasonable price, better than what they can get through Amazon. So 
I love it. Back to you, Rory. I, I know it. you want to get on with your rant. Uh, I I could talk your ear off, but you know you got to do your rant. And it's good talking to you, good uh, my brother. After uh, a week off. Absolutely, my friend. Well, it's good to be back. You know, uh, here we are, and um, I'm excited. So, uh, you know, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about uh, some of these main uh, headlines. So let's get into it. Um, everybody, everybody, uh, you know, uh, I'll tell you, you know, I've been reviewing uh, so many different things, and uh, I'm one of those guys that uh, – is on top of the news every 15 minutes. I mean, I, I live and breathe it. I mean, I, I'm always, always online, always wanting to know what's going on. I, you know, before I make a, any sort of, you know, direct decision, I review so many different uh, sources and outlets. I, I think too many people are so focused and one-dimensional on one news network that they, they can't get a feel for, you know, everything else. Uh, you know, because, uh, you know, in reality, let's face it, guys, every news outlet lies in some way. Some are better than others. We get it. But uh, it's, it's, it's money-driven. It's agenda-driven. It, it, it's a one-track mind in a lot of ways. I mean, it's not like the olden days where they would just read us the news. And, well, even then, I mean, were they really reading us the news? Or were they, you know, I mean, I'm sure they were in a lot of ways. But a lot, some of it was propaganda. That, you know, the government ordered them to say. And um, I'll tell you, um, in today's society, social media has made things way more complicated in terms of different variables here, spreading fake news. Um, but it's also made things more positive and helpful, uh, you know, having more voices, uh, you, know, you know, people having all these independent platforms. But also, I mean, it, you know, it's really – so that, that's one of those things. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons. Um, in today's society, um, you know, I, I don't want to get too off topic. I want to get into my first thing here, which is President Trump said the other day, and I totally agree with him on this, for burning the American flag, uh, going to jail for one year would be the sentence. Personally, I think it should be more than that. I don't, I don't think one year is enough. I think if you're burning the flag of the country you live in, I think you should be, I mean, well, I, you know, I don't want to go too far, but in certain countries, you're killed for that sort of stuff. They put you in the chamber, and they burn you, and they crucify you. You know, I, you know I, I'm, not, I'm not a violent person. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like to wish bad harm on people, but you're burning something that you never worked a day in your life for. I mean, the, the thing you're burning are what our soldiers put their blood, sweat, and tears on the line for so we could have our freedom, safety, and security. I mean, it's not about you. It's about, you know, and it's so much more complicated. People want to say, oh, it's just a flag. Bullshit. It's not just a fucking flag. Excuse my language. It's so, I mean, it's the, it's the principle. It's the values. It's the signature traditions of what America was founded upon. I mean, this is the greatest, most uh, you, you. This is the greatest country by far. You can't get any more opportunity anywhere else, and it's not even close. And I see all these people bitching about America, saying, "Oh, we're so oppressed. America's so racist. It's so hateful." Then leave, leave. 
I would love to see you go somewhere else, spew all your nonsense and all your bullshit, and see how it flies. I'd love show me one other country that gives you this sort of luxury. And, and we are too nice. We're too nice. We let these entitled pricks, you know, have too much say. We let these Democrats, these assholes, you know, tr- tr- try to overtake. Um, you know, uh, our civilization and our society and try to feed their sheep with, oh, you don't have to work for, you know, you don't have to work for it. We can give you other people's money just to buy votes. I mean, get, get, get out of here. Seriously. I mean, it's become this whole thing. You know, and we all know these rioters, these, 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 these anarchists, these violent people burning the flag. They're out there being paid. These people are bitching about capitalism. They're bitching about all this shit, but they're getting paid at the same time. While they're on their iPhones, while they're drinking their Starbucks coffee, talk about hypocrisy. Tired of it. And George Soros is responsible for 90% of it. I'm not going to give him the 100% title of being entire of the, the entirety of, of the problem, but he's the majority. He's 90%. And, you know, burning the American – I mean, what, what, what does that solve? I mean, like, is the whole burning the American flag, is it like, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. What? I mean, and you're, you're still here. Like, you're still, you're still here. You know, I, I think the law should be, and I'm, I'm going to say it clearly. If you burn the American flag, you should be grabbed by the ear and escorted out of our country. That's how disrespectful I look at it. I was raised with old school principles, old school values, to respect my elders. I, I, I wasn't raised to, to disrespect any part of my country. And I'm the type of guy, if I see a veteran on the street, I go up and I thank him. If I see a police officer, I go up and I thank him. I think it's just handed to him. Freedom, you know, freedom is earned. I don't care what anybody tells you. You wake up every day and, and, you know, really thank God that you're alive. Thank God of how history played out. Because we could have been in a, in a much worse situation, guys. We could be in a much worse situation. I mean, I, you know, you, you look back and there's, all, you know, there's high insight. There's all these different things. But, I, you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. It, 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 it's crazy. The whole, just the burning of anything. And then I, I, see, I, ha, I see these fools, and they have the audacity to bring their garbage other country flag into our country and wear that shit proudly. I'm like, you know what? You know, you go to another country with a U.S. flag, you should see what they do to you. You should see what they do to you in some countries if you would try to wear that shit. But here, you, you, you live in our country and you disrespect our flag, but you wear the country you left. You still wear their flag? Can't make how dumb these these people are. I mean, these people, it's so much uneducated fools in this country that need to get the hell out. And I'll say it to their face. You know, I, I see a lot of these punks, and I see a lot of these pussies, and I see a lot of these wimps be keyboard keyboard warriors and talk, talk shit to me, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, or wherever. But they don't have the nerve to say it to my face. They never will. You know why? Because they'll lose. These people, these leftist scumbags, don't have any balls 
They let their spouses boss them around because they don't, you know, they're soy boys. We, that's how we refer to them. Like, they, you know what? They don't have a spine. Do this, do this, honey. Do that, do that, do that. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. These wimps. So sick of these freaking liberals, man. I, go, I know I go, I know, I, I go on these rants. I'm sorry, guys. Um, okay, I want to move on to this. Actually, staying in this same topic, President Trump also addressed that he wants anybody that vandalizes statues, national monuments, to get a 10-year sentence. Amen. Absolutely. Especially these jerk-offs who were in front of the White House yesterday trying to destroy Andrew Jackson, our hero, a guy that was one of the founding you know, people of our country. In so many ways. I mean, he made history. I mean, so many things Andrew Jackson was responsible for that benefited America and carried us uh, to the very top. And and this is how uneducated these people are. I mean, they're going around tearing down statues of Lincoln. Lincoln freed the slaves, you dumbasses. George Washington, a hero to pretty much both sides. What are you going after him for? I mean, then you're going after Robert Lee? Robert Lee, do you know what he had to go through? I mean, do you know what he had to endure? Do you know how many titles he carried? He might be the smartest guy ever to live and and perhaps the most talented. Go look at Robert Lee and and what what he accomplished. And then Grant, you guys are going to go after Grant? What the? Huh? And then you're you're going after... I mean, this makes it's all. It's not about it's not about doing what's right. It's not about freedom. It's not about taking away the bad parts of America. Because none, all these people I just mentioned, saved America. They, they made it what it was. You know, they they were some of the most iconic people to ever exist. This is just about going out and disrupting things and and getting a reaction and having people like myself to you know. Talk about something in every other news channel. These people, it's so out of control. It's out of control. And, they, you know, Trump made a good point. These people don't even know what they're destroying. They don't even know what they're doing. They're getting paid, and they're, they're, they're so brainwashed, and they just say, oh, yeah, let's, let's go have some fun tonight. Yeah, let's, let's go disrupt some. I mean, it's ridiculous. It really is. Um, here's something that came out. This needs to be mentioned. So, you know. Lately, we're hearing from Democrats, we're hearing from leftists, we're, we're hearing from all these soy boy, you know, liberals and all these wimps that uh, if you say all lives matter, it's considered racist, and that all lives can't matter till black lives matter. Well, you know what? Black lives matter is a hate group. It has been since day one. Even the founders admitted they are Marxists. Um, some of their demands is they want to take over white property. They want slavery reparations. They don't want blacks shopping at white-owned businesses. They, uh, you should see some of the. I mean, I'm not making this up. It is out of control. I mean, these people, it's not about equality. It's about being superior. And anybody who, you know, bows to these, you know, animals or these slobs, you know, they, they, they need to, uh, really uh, repent and take a look good, look, hard good look in the mirror on uh, their masculinity. You know, th- th- I mean, this is that. I've never seen anything like this. 
I've never seen anything like I mean, you've got a – think about the whole definition of Black Lives Matter. You're delegitimizing every other race and favoring one over the other. By saying all lives matter, you're acknowledging that every single person is relevant. Indians, Asians, Blacks, Hispanics, Whites. What's racist about that? Am I missing something? Can somebody help me here? What the? No, it's a talking point by the left. And if you look at statistics, I mean, they they want to talk about all these black shootings. More whites were shot by cops last year, and I don't see any outrage. 95% of black crime is caused by another black guy. Oh, where's the outrage? Eh, Crickets, CNN, eh, MSNBC. Don't say a fucking word about it. They say nothing. They just sit there. Yeah. I mean, and, and you wonder why so many Americans are so frustrated like myself. I have to wake up every day angry because I got to see headlines about a bunch of divisive nonsense that shouldn't even be taking place. But you know what? Here's the thing. I let a lot of it, you know, I don't, I try, I try to do my best to stay as calm as possible. I, I try to stay level. I try to stay, you know, um, you know, just, just, just relax, but see too much of this and uh, you can't help but to snap. It, 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 it's disgusting. And, and, but, you know, if you look at the poll that just came out, majority of Americans agree with me and us on the panel. All lives matter is the proper term to use. Nothing racist about it. Nothing racist about it. Um, I, w- I want to talk about this. So Rayshard Brooks, you know, we got, we got the recap of this. Um, and I was off last week when this happened. And I, you know, I, I was dying. I was dying to get on the air to, to get this out. But look, look at this whole, and, and I know everybody on the panel is going to want to give their thoughts on this one. But look at how that all went down. You have a guy parked in the middle of a drive through time it was maybe somebody can refresh my memory i know it was like the middle of the night as as far as i can recall um this guy drunk off his ass i mean they did a blood alcohol level like what was he like triple or quadruple i mean quadruple the limit it was something outrageous And, and you see all the footage every single part of the footage the white cop is being reasonable with him every step of the way I mean, you, you could – these cops couldn't be more calm. I mean, they were probably the most transparent I've seen in a long time. And guess what happens? They – you know, just like anybody else, if you're driving inebriated, if you're driving intoxicated, you're going to get arrested. I've had DUIs before. I know what it's like. You know, everybody's treated the same. But, you know, he what, – what happened was this guy, Rayshard Brooks – apparently um, was released on something, I think probation or something. Um, And, you know, the cops are talking to him. And once they said you're under arrest uh, for driving under the influence, he tried to grab their taser, tried to attack them. And then they responded. Uh, But the media and the Democrats want to portray and narrate this like it's a racial hate crime. So you have cops who can't even do their jobs. I mean, how is a cop, supposed to take any of these scenarios seriously i mean even the district attorney even the district attorney knew this was bullshit and that 
he saw the footage. Even the black police chief in Georgia saw the footage and said, there's no way this was intentional. This was self-defense. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? What, what happens if a white person tries to grab a cop's taser or tries to attack a cop? What do you, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, and then we have burn down the Wendy's where it happens. I mean, this is what Black Lives Matter does. There's nothing that, that gets accomplished with their tactics. I mean, think about it. I mean, that's like something out of a movie. Two hours later, they burn down the Wendy's. And now, according to the news, it may have been Rayshard Brooks' girlfriend who burned down the Wendy's. Isn't it amazing, guys, how the plot thickens? I mean, it's, you know, and it, there's more George Floyd stuff we have to talk about. You know, this is – look at all the timing. Look at the timing. It's same thing with the NASCAR guy. I mean, the Confederate – you know, they, they just said that the Confederate situation will be banned at NASCAR. Then less than a week later, they, this guy, Bubba, Bubba Wallace is his name. And he, I don't even think he's fully black from what I can tell. He's like, he's like an Obama type. But, um, I, I mean, says there's a noose in his thing, and FBI did an investigation. Nothing there. They found what it was is the regular string that is attached to the garage in that area. And the only people that have access to that garage are high-level security and people that work for the organization. No protester or no radical, like the left would say, let's right wing, right winger or, or Nazi, you know, can get in there. I mean, no. They, and think about that. They concluded the investigation within less than two days, calling it bullshit. And I call this just – right when the article came out, when this guy made this claim, I knew he was Jesse Smollett 2.0. He was Jesse Smollett 2.0. Full of shit. There is no what. I mean, think about what they're trying to advance. Think about the movement. Think about cancel culture. Think about how you know all these white people are bowing down. And and why didn't Obama? If race relations are so bad, if we're if, if it's so racist in America, how did a black guy get elected twice? And why the hell didn't he talk about it in his eight years of being president? Think about it, guys. And, and then today, they're having a freaking funeral for Rayshard Brooks, a guy who attacked a police officer and then got a natural consequence with a cap in him. I mean, come on, dude. What do you think? I mean, this and Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and all these people speaking. I mean, it's such bull crap. I mean, what, and, you know, it's like, and it's madness. I mean, Look at the statues. Look at everything that's happening. And, you know, it, it all goes back into George Orwell. I mean, he says it, you know, go look at the 1984 quote, erasing everything in history. That's what's going on. That is really what's going on. And, and here, here's something I want to bring up. Jimmy Kimmel um, is getting a lot of backlash. And I wanted to do this on my show last week, but unfortunately I wasn't on the air. <clears throat> but and there are so many reports with uh, late night Jimmy in the last week or so, uh, him profusely using the N-word um, back in the day, uh, talking about fan, 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 fantasizing, and, you know, in a Megan Fox interview uh, when she was only 15, 
and, and, you know, you guys can go look at this. I mean, there's so much different things. I mean, there's a lot of liberals right now that are asking for him to be canceled and removed and taken away. But there's also a lot of hypocrites that are saying, no, Jimmy should stay. But if it was Trump, they would, they would scream bloody murder. That's what they would do. But you look at everything Jimmy Kimmel has done compared to, you know, what other people have done. And he's done so much more, and he still has a job. And do, do you really buy when he said he's going on vacation for the summer? Do you really buy that? No. He's trying to get the hell out before all the – just – isn't it funny? A week before, and then all of a sudden the controversy comes out. He says he's taking a vacation. Yeah, and there's more and more stuff. I mean, look at the blackface when he did Carl Malone. Not going to lie, it was pretty funny if you look at the skit you know, back in the day, but now obviously we're taking that more sensitive. I mean, you know, I, to me, blackface, how I view it, it it's how you, cause I see blackface at Halloween. I guess it's how you, um, what your intentions are, you know, certain people, you know, wear it for different reasons. I think obviously the guy of, of uh, Virginia, I don't think his intentions are uh, very good, but I, I think there's other people that wear it for fun. And, you know, I, I don't want to get, that's too off topic, but, in reality, if this was a Republican like Roseanne, they would have been gone a long time ago. But I think Jimmy Kimmel, since he's a Democrat, unfortunately, will be saved. Um, here's something that's really upsetting. And actually, a chicken place that I really love eating at and I go to regularly. And uh, one of my favorite hotspots, uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, you know, late, lately, as of uh, recently... The CEO is now saying that we should have white guilt. We should get on our knees and repent for racism. You know what, guys? I mean, you can't make this stupidity up. I mean, the people that founded Chick-fil-A, you know, obviously they gave their son the CEO position, but they would be ashamed of his ignorance, of, of the kind of, you know, remarks that he made. First of all, we're not all slave owners. Most of us aren't. Most of us, even our grandparents or parents, never owned slaves. Most of us have never been involved in that. How, are, how can you generalize and say all white people? That's racist in itself. It's no different than using the term white privilege. You basically want to generalize and stereotype an entire race, you know, based on, based on color. When, you know, is somebody that's white and poor, I mean, do they have privilege? Is somebody that's black and rich, are they oppressed? I, I mean, I, you know, and this whole, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, the white guilt for it, because I, I look at people for character. I look at people as humans. I look at people, you know, Paul, Jeff, Greg, you know, whatever your name is. I, I don't give up. I don't care what your color is. I don't care. What, what, what? And notice how all these CEOs are getting sucked into this. They all of a sudden have to be social justice warriors and speak out about this. It doesn't end. It keeps going. Like, it's like they're starting their whole cult. It's like, it's like and it keeps, oh, my God, it should drive anybody nuts. Um, a new poll came out, and this is no surprise. Majority of voters believe that Joe Biden is in the early stages of dementia. I mean, does it take a rocket scientist to figure that one out? The guy can't even count to four. He can't form a complete sentence. He can't even remember what state he's in half the time. Uh, he thinks his, his sister is his wife. 
Um, he likes to fondle little children. I, I, you know what? I could say so many things about Biden right now, but he's not even worth the breath or the energy. But the guy has been stuck in his basement, what, for the last two months? When's the last time he held a press conference? Almost 90 freaking days? I mean, and this is who the Democrats think is going to beat Donald Trump? I can't wait for these debates. They, they should put these on pay-per-view. I mean, these are going to get the most views and watches out of anything in lifetime. Joe's going to still be finishing his sentence, and Donald Trump's already going to be on to the, the third or fourth thing. I mean, hey, come on, Joe. Spit it out. Come on, Joe. We don't have all night. And, and Joe's going to be like, uh, 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 uh. He's not going to be able – he's going to stutter and slur and be all nervous. And notice how Trump wants to do more than three debates with him, but Joe said no more than three debates. Joe is going to get his ass demolished, just like Joe Rogan said. It's not even going to be a close. It's going to be so – such a massacre that they're going to have to take Joe off the stage in a wheelchair. Literally. Um, let's see here. You know, speaking of blackface, and, you know, I don't want to get we, – we, we talked about it earlier a little bit. Hollywood all of a sudden is speaking bad about blackface now, and they're, you know, drawing all this hysteria and outrage and whatever. I mean, they're creating this, you know – uh, over-the-top narrative because they know they'll get a reaction from their sheep. But just 10 years ago, they nominated a film where Robert Downey Jr. portrayed blackface. For I mean, I love Robert Downey Jr. And, and you know, I, I strongly believe he's a conservative. Um, if you've seen, he, he stays out of the politics nowadays, probably for his best interest. Uh, but when he, came, when he came out of jail, when he was having problems years ago, uh, he made a statement saying, uh, when you spend all this time in jail or something, blah, 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 so forth, it would be impossible to come out and be a liberal. I, there was something, I don't know what exactly he said. Somebody would have to pull that quote up for me. Uh, but Down, Downey's a straight-up guy. Uh, I know people that have met him, hung around him, um, you know, very by the book. Um, obviously, we know that, you know, I, I'm not blaming him for this blackface role whatsoever. He got nominated. He did a great job in Tropic Thunder. You know, um, but Hollywood all of a sudden to express this sort of outrage when they've been enabling this behavior for so many years. I mean, look at Howard Stern, uh, blackface Clarence Thomas, um, you know, or, or, you know, all these different. I could go on and on. Jimmy Fallon having to apologize weeks ago for doing blackface. I mean, they've been doing it for all these years, but now because Donald Trump's in office, you guys are creating this, this phony outrage just so you guys can have talking points and hear, hear some more, you know, bullshit. I mean, come on. What? I don't get it. I, I don't understand. I mean, and you know, Muhammad, by the way, Muhammad Ali's son, and I, I didn't mention this earlier when I was talking about black lives matter, you know, and Muhammad Ali was a guy, I know I'm going all over the place a little bit, but I want to make sure I cover all these different headlines before I get to everybody. But Muhammad Ali's son came out the other day, and he's saying it because Muhammad Ali, I mean, obviously we know uh, was a great man in a lot of ways. Obviously he made some racist statements early in his career, uh, but later in his life he became a – he was a conservative. Um, and uh, his son said it perfectly. If, black, if Muhammad Ali was alive right now and saw the way Black Lives Matter was acting, he would call them disgusting devils. He would be appalled. He would be sick. He would tell them to stop this madness. 
Um, and Muhammad Ali was an activist. He, he was a very similar, um, you know, kind of, uh, um, I, you know, icon to like Malcolm X, um, you know, Martin Luther King. So, you know, that, that speaks volume. And for Muhammad Ali's son to come out and, and be bold with that statement, especially in these times, damn, I, mean, I, I give him props, high props. And, you know, a <laughs> hundred, listen to this. Over Father's Day weekend, over Father's Day weekend, a hundred shot in Chicago. Not a damn word from Black Lives Matter of these liberal outlets. Just, their, their mindset is, oh, just let them kill each other. Just let them have at it. Let them do it. Who cares? Really? Really? I mean, we want to talk about the less than 1% chance a white cop goes after a black man, but we don't want to talk about the 99% part where the black-on-black crime is, is some of the biggest problems in America. Cherry-picking. I call that cherry-picking. These people are out of control. They are out of control. Um, the BET founder made a good point. Uh, I'm sure people have been following Robert Johnson, Bob Johnson, very smart guy. He's given Trump a lot of high praise. Uh, Bob Johnson was obviously a classic Democrat, more like a JFK. Uh, he doesn't identify with how radical they've become in today's society. Uh, he supports Trump. And he wants an independent Black Lives Matter. That, that's what we're getting to. Like, Black Lives Matter has been hijacked. A lot of these people that care about black lives, they want a civil organization, which I'm all for. So, you know what? You know, as long as there's no violence or no demands or no entitlement, if you're just going out there for good causes, amen to you. Props. Do it. But, I mean, what what we're currently dealing with, nah. I mean, we can't. I I just saw Black Lives Matter activists in New York City on a video blow up a homeless guy with fireworks and find it funny. I mean, these people in burning buildings, looting. What does this, how is that honoring George Floyd? And, you know, we got, you know, and, and I want to really say something that's really going to make everybody, you know, uh, smile in a way. Uh, the ESPYs, you know, we, we see how the sports are, are struggling because they, they want to involve politics. And like I've said many times on my show, when I go to a sporting event, when I go somewhere uh, I, like this, like sports or basketball, football, whatever, baseball, I don't want to think about politics. I don't give a shit what LeBron James has to say about the next presidential race. I don't want to hear about your kneeling, crying crap, because all you scumbags do is, you know, draw attention to yourself on the field, but when when it's time to do stuff off the court, crickets. You know, and, and that's not the only part. Politics, sports should never mix, ever. Ever, ever, ever. They are two polar opposites. And we saw how much the NFL, how much all these leagues have suffered in business because people are sick of the unpatriotic stances, which is the the Oscars of sporting events, trashed by 81%. Again, that's by 81%. Nobody cares. People don't want to see this shit anymore. If you guys are going to keep playing the whole, oh, narrative of poor me, poor me. No, we don't, we don't care. 
Like, people have woken up. You guys aren't powerful. You aren't God. You athletes don't have as much influence and say as you think you do. You guys are there to throw a ball. You guys are there to dribble. You guys are there to bat. You guys are there, aren't there to do anything else. It's a business. If you want to protest, do it on your own time. Seriously. I mean, it's like, when does it end? Did anybody see John Bolton's interview over the weekend? I mean, what a sellout. What a traitor. What a neocon. What a, I mean, you, you want to talk about swab creature. Trump, Trump, why did you ever even hire this guy? He loves war, man. Trump, you're anti-war. You're not supposed to enable idiots like this. I mean, Trump, you know, I'll tell you, man, we've had to, we've had to clean house quite a bit. You know, whether it, whether it was Mattis, whether it was Kelly, whether it was Bolton, whether it was uh, Gary Cohn, um, who else Who else has been chased? I mean, you know, it, it's a mess. And, and Bolton is so full of crap. You know, Bolton is bitter. He, he, he you know, the only reason bit, Bolton's speaking out is because he knows he, he can cash in on a few million dollars. Trump did not want to go with his you know, war-mongering plan. Trump did not want to disrupt things worse than they already were. Trump wanted to solve things peacefully. Bolton wanted to do things like a goddamn um, villain. You know, and I I know, you know, Bolton's done good things over the years, but Bolton's also done a lot of bad things. He's also, you know, he's a very – he's a complicated – personality i mean he loves power let's just put it like that you know but he's he used classified info think about it he used classified info to leak to the press and put in his new book they're thinking about filing charges against him i hope they do they anybody who leaves the white house and you know we always see ABC and CBS, oh, the story of the week, the headline interview. You don't want to miss this, 7 p.m. Central. The, oh, like never seen before. Come on. I mean, what, what, what do we, – we know everything. Just you guys want ratings. We've heard it all before. Nobody believes it. Bolton got freaking – somebody got in his pocket. We know, we know it. Bolton, what you know, and, and Bolton and Trump, you know, eye to eye. But there were there were conflicts throughout the time of the administration. Like it, it, it was, you know, it, it was definitely going downhill. Um, finally, you know, I, I want to I want to mention something before I get to the main thing. Um, so Trump was here in Arizona today. He was here in Phoenix. And um, I really want to call out his campaign uh, for terrible coordination. Uh, I don't even think it was necessarily his campaign that was fully responsible for putting this event together. I think it was Students for Trump and Turning Point. Uh, But they, I I mean, half the people in Arizona didn't even know this was going on today. I mean, I, I knew, I knew it was going on last week. But it only said ages 16 to 24, only for students. But then I turn on the news today, and half the people there are at adults. 
So I'm like, think, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, if they were more clear in all of their reports about who was allowed in, they would have had so much more people there. I'm wondering if this is the same stuff. You know, I, I don't know, you know, you know, how they, you know, and I know Turning Point, you know, Students for Trump, those two uh, organizations were the main people involved. But, I mean, you had, you had a place where you could have filled up so much more room and you could have given so much more people notice. And, I mean, totally sent the wrong message. I mean, I literally thought it was only 16 to 24 because I, that's what the report said because I go to every single Trump rally. And when I saw today, otherwise, I was livid because I'm there usually 24 hours before. I'm always, I, I get first in line. I get down to the very front row. Like, I am an avid Trump super fan. But, man, you know, once the news, once I saw the news this morning, I'm like, it's way too late. I'm not getting in. People have been in line since last night. You know, it's just uh, better communication. You know, 2020 is the most important election of our lifetime. And I just want to tell, you know, everybody involved, we, we need to make sure we're on the same page. Transparency is important. Um, Arizona is one of your biggest support supporting uh, areas to Trump. So, um, you know, we, we really need to take that, um, um, you know, very strong. Um, the main thing, the main, main, main thing. Here we go. So Chaz, Shop, whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days. I mean, these, these people are, I mean, you, you talk about delusional fantasy land twilight zone dynamics <laughs> these people they've got a whole mind of their own i mean you know supposedly after two weeks the mayor is going to close it down and you know by the way i know who the mayor is i've known the family for a long time uh they go back far in seattle history uh you know she is a radical left-wing feminist lesbian jenny durkin I used to work for Obama, and um, she, you know, for the last two weeks, she was calling this the summer of love. She was condoning this. Uh, she was condoning the taking over of police stations, uh, taking over six city blocks in some of the most high-traffic areas in Seattle. Um, some of the – some private residents, some bi- – big skyscrapers, some popular restaurants, and, and, and they were normalizing it. Like, like, oh, nothing wrong, oh, no law enforcement. And then you should have saw some of these punks. I mean, there were shootings going on, multiple, over and over there were shootings. And then these punks are like, medic, 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 police, help us. And I'm thinking when I'm watching these videos and everybody else on the comments is like, you guys wanted to make this your own little area. Why are you trying to call for outside help now? You know, these people make no sense. They want their own little government. They want their own little, you know, uh, utopia. But when it comes time for battle or comes time to serious business and they can't, you know, fend for themselves, you know, they, they scream to mommy and daddy. I mean, you, you should see these. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty damn racist, too. I mean, they're trying to do segregation. They're trying to say blacks get their own garden, whites get their own garden. You know, this is only black territory. And these are white liberals trying to speak for other black people. 
I'm just like, what's going on? And pretty soon, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are, are going to turn on each other. They already started. They already started too. I mean, Black Lives Matter. A lot of people are, you know, telling uh, Black Lives Matter is telling Antifa, you've hijacked our movement. You guys are, are trying to speak for us. Not all, but some are, are really doing that. And I mean, I can't wait to watch this movie when they both turn on each other. But you, but you, you guys. I mean, they got their own weapons down there. They've got a self-proclaimed warlord named Raz Simone, who's a local rapper there, who has guns all over his waist. Who's a guy I actually grew. He grew up not too far from me. I know who he is. He was a shy little kid, and now he grew up to be this tough thug. Apparently, I mean, it's so all over the place. It is all over the place, and these people, you know, they are definitely being paid by the by the whether it's the local politicians, whether it's the government, um, and, and you know, I, I can't believe the governors or the mayors here that they're actually going to shut it down because you know what? They've had two weeks, and there's been multiple deaths, multiple shootings, and I mean, what what took so long? I mean, did you guys need to see death? before you knew this was going to be a disaster? And these people are bitching about capitalism and thinking they can fend for themselves, but they've got hot dog stands down there and pizza stands and all this shit that, I mean, they're, what? I don't get the message. I don't understand these people. This is literally two miles from where I grew up. Unbelievable. Let's go to retired police chief and homicide detective uh, Michael Valsi. Um, give me one second. I believe we have you with us right now, Michael. It's absolutely insanity. I uh, went on obviously you know, a very long rant, but I wanted to get to you first. Go it, ahead, my friend. It's uh, it's crazy over there uh, in Seattle, your hometown. Uh, you know what? I think the reason that the mayor's uh, maybe starting to take action is I think they know that the feds are going to go in there and shut this down. Real quick, Mike. I just want to say real quick. They pulled the police officers to stand down. They've told the police officers to stay out of there. I mean, the taking over of a police station. I mean, this is something straight out of a movie. It's a third world country. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, I think it's all part of the Marxist agenda, and, and, I, and I think you're right. There's going to be some clashes between these white supporters of Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter because these white supporters don't know what the Marxist agenda is. They haven't been taught like these like these radicals in Black Lives Matter, uh, you know. But I think that's the reason you're going to see some action there. I think that the feds have put pressure. I think the president has put pressure. I think he played out for a little while, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I I really believe that's where this is headed now. But I want to go back to Chicago. You mentioned the. the terrible weekend they had this last weekend, which made up for the weekend before where they only had 30 shootings and five killed. But, you know, we talked about the other two weekends of this month, earlier in the uh, month, where they had 82 and 19 and then 85 and 18 within 24 hours. But to follow this all up, yesterday, on Monday, they had 40 people shot and six killed. Yesterday. So you take the last Lightfoot? four weekends. And where's Lightfoot? I'm telling you, things are worse under her than they've been under any man. I knew they were going to get worse. And, you know, I, I had no love lost for Rob Emanuel, 
because I didn't think he did much either, but the, the shootings were not as bad under him. They've had 343 shootings and 62 murders in four weekends plus one day. And I didn't even know what happened today. But I saw Attorney General Barr made a great point on Maria Bartiromo's show. He said, you know, there's 8,000 blacks killed by other blacks in the inner city. You know, those lives don't matter. But I guess they, they only matter for the, for the mothers and the police that work those districts, right? Because they're the ones that have right. to respond. You know, police shootings are down, way down. I want to mention something real quick. I want to mention something, and it it definitely ties into what you're about to say. You know, and and we talk about how these all these other black lives that that don't matter. I mean, all this black on black crime. They never talk about it. But but I I I always think about look who founded Black Lives Matter and look who's involved (laughs) with it: lesbian, gays, LGBT, and what they do is they just they add to their victim mentality and it makes their base more powerful because they can add these people, you know, and say there's something wrong with them and then pretend like they're there for them. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Well, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, as far as the, the issue is a non-issue, it's like systemic racism. It doesn't exist. You know, it was a time in, in recent years where there were the police were shooting like 38 un, uh, unarmed black men, but you have to look at the circumstances around this. Out of those nine black men and one black woman that was shot by the police last year, in six cases, I think they were using a vehicle to run over the officer or his partner. So now the vehicle becomes the weapon. But they're still listed as unarmed shootings, right? So that number is statistically a hell of a lot lower than what they're portraying it to be. You know, at Black Lives Matter, we mentioned this before, it's not even an organized company. It's not a 501c3 or any other formal organization. All that money that's donated, yes, notice these over 200 to some major corporations donated to Black Lives Matter. That's all being funneled through a shell company, Act Blue. And then all the money that's not being used for whatever small needs they may have, okay, or not being used to pay them, because we found out some of those people were getting like $26,000. That is that one percent. You know the the one the one percent that's funding Black Lives Matter are the billionaires are the same people like George Soros that supported slavery back in the day. It's it's the only thing they're trying to do is divide America because they know there's financial opportunity there. I I, I agree a hundred percent. But you know to, to speak again, you know, so this company Act Blue, who's handling their finances, when there's no other expenditures, then they're authorized to donate that money to political candidates. I'm sure that's a violation of campaign finance laws, you know, and I'm sure the DOJ is looking into that. And I mentioned before on your show a couple of weeks ago, I said if you look at the Google algorithms, when it comes to searches for Black Lives Matter, they spike at the 2016 election right before, similar to what they're doing now, and then you see just a slight bump in 2018 before the midterms. Other than that, it's a non-topic. Any other time, only election time, it seems to be come to the forefront. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's my thoughts on that. I want to mention this Rayshard Brooks thing. You know, I think this guy was intentionally, this police officer was intentionally overcharged. So when he's found not guilty, right, it'll, it'll be another excuse for riots by Black Lives Matter. They set the yeah. stage for this. There's no one in the world that believes this officer is going to be convicted. 
this officer even tried to run their first aid. So, I mean, they don't have anything on this guy. And, you know, a lot of experts that came out and said that. I, I don't see I don't see a jury, even even in the Atlanta area, convicting this guy. I just don't see it. Uh, I did watch a, a good uh, YouTube video documentary, though, I wanted to pass along to your listeners by iPot1776 on his YouTube channel. He did a he did a pretty good documentary out. It's called All for Floyd. He really points out some things in the George Floyd case that I think people need to see because it's uh there's a lot of questions in this. Uh yeah. Going all the way back not to just not to just the relationship between the officer and, and Floyd, but you know, the fact where they worked, who they worked for, uh who was on the board of that Target company, which happened to be the first business that they uh, that they looted. There's a lot of interesting information, and I'm going to reserve any further comment on that because I think we're going to learn a lot more about it. On that uh, Bubba Wallace, that NASCAR driver, you saw what the noose was supposedly was, didn't you? It's the rope that they hang from the garage doors in, in behind the scenes there at Talladega. So when they get ready to close the doors, they can pull the rope. You know, that's not uncommon. If you've ever walked through the pit area or the garage area at a NASCAR race, you'll see those ropes hanging all the time. So there's no doubt that was a hoax. Uh, I did want to touch on the Mockingbird media, though. You know, it seems to be getting worse, Corey. Mike, real real quick, involving the noose, does it doesn't it drive you nuts that the first thing without getting any evidence, like before, but right when the headline hit the the air, everybody, including black athletes, jumped to racism, and then when they conclude the FBI investigation, they find not a ever even hinted toward toward the hate crime. I mean, it's just the way our society works. It's disgusting. There's no due process. Nobody wants to wait it out. I agree. I agree 100%. I, I said a lot of this I blame the media. You know, and I'm glad there's alternative media sources out there uh, for people to uh, listen to and watch uh, platforms like your own. Uh, you know, Kennedy warned us uh, of the Mockingbird media back at, during his yeah. presidency in 1960, you know, and Trump even mentioned the military and industrial complex, which he's dismantling. Uh, but I still think more people have to awake, be awake. And I think uh, I, I liken back to uh, Trump's rally uh, in Tulsa, where he kind of said, you know, he talked to the senators and congressmen on the way to the rally, and he said, should we do something about this? And they said, no, let it simmer for a while. I think the whole point of letting this happen for as long as it's happened for a couple of weeks now, maybe going on a month, is to wake people up, to let people see how radical these Democrats are, how Marxist communists they are. And I think you have to have a few more people awake because what's going to, what's coming down the pike is, uh, is going to be some pretty devastating things. We know there's a lot of indictments of well over 170,000. And uh, I think it's important that people are awake. And, you know, I I look around and I see your your home state now of Arizona has made mask uh, a requirement, right? 
But yeah, I, yeah, hear that, right? here, here, here's, the here's the crazy part: is Arizona never we, we never before were we, were we required we were never required to wear masks, but now all of a sudden it, it changed, and now we have to wear masks everywhere. We've turned into communist California. It's disgusting. I'm telling you, and I and I I like it in my area because I know. I live in a predominantly Democratic area, okay? It's all, they, they vote straight Democrat here. All the politicians are Democrats. However, most of them are not radical Democrats like we see in a lot of these other cities, right? They're just old-time Democrats, and they're never going to change. But more of them are awake. And I can tell when I went to vote for Trump in 2016, I knew in my polling place alone he was going to win. I just knew it. Yeah. could tell. Yeah. You could feel it. And, you know, and yeah. I kind of sensed that. But I kind of judge uh, by going in the grocery stores and going to Home Depot because I don't go into an office because you have to wear a mask there. But, uh, you know, the amount of people wearing masks, it seems to went down, you know, to where a few people were wearing a mask. And now with this type of this second wave of COVID, I see more people wearing masks. I even saw a lady confront someone in the grocery store the other day, confronted another woman for not wearing a mask. And the woman in reply said, what, for the flu? And, and this woman that asked her about it started laughing at her face, you know, like she was stupid or something. Now, I'm thinking some of these people really get carried away. And those are the people, you know, that are watching the media. And, and, and Michael, uh, Michael, look, look, look at what's going on. I mean, the, the liberals said they didn't say a damn thing when all these massive protests were going on about masks or about social distancing, but all of a sudden Trump rallies are back and now they're like, Oh my God, you guys got to put on your mask, get a social di- social distance. You guys got to, got to be safe. I mean, these people are so phony. We can't take them seriously. I didn't know. I didn't notice too many people went on masks at that rally though. <laughs> no, um, I know. I know. And I did notice, you know, but- I, I didn't notice a lot of minorities at that rally. So I think the numbers, Trump's numbers in the, African-American community are, are just what the, what the Rasmussen said they were, well over 41%. Right. Uh, there is a couple yeah. points I want to make because I, I know you have a lot of guests, Roy, but I wanted to get to something else. I think they're going to find that the DOJ, because we know Congress is already doing it, is looking closely at this nursing home scandal when it comes to this COVID thing. I think uh, – I mean, there's talk about bringing up criminal charges against these governors that sent these uh, elderly people to these nursing homes. So I don't care if it's the flu or pneumonia or what it is. You've got to get those people separated from the nursing home population, and they didn't do that. That's going to come back to bite them in their ass, and I'm telling you. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention was um, – you saw where they fired the uh, the DA in the uh, Southern District of New York. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Jeffrey Berman, right? You know, yeah, Jeffrey. It's not what Jeffrey. It's not what Jeffrey Berman did. It's what he didn't do. You know, he was sitting on the uh, Clinton Foundation, Clinton emails, right? He under he undercharged Epstein, and then did a terrible job of the evidence collection for Epstein. Right, sat on the Biden Ukraine thing, and probably most importantly, the Wiener laptop information. 
all that information has been sat on by him. He was a deep state hack. His job was to make sure things did not proceed. So I'd look forward to see what's going to come out of the Southern District of New York with some new leadership over there. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Yeah. So that's about I all agree. I have. I, you know, like I said, we do have a silent majority, uh, and I don't think there's any question about that. But at some point, you know, just based on what I heard the president say in that rally and other things I've read, it's time for the people to wake up. I noticed in your show notes you mentioned uh, Sean King. You know, he wasn't the only one I've heard say the counter for the religious statue. You know, right? I mean, and anything, and, any religious symbol. The fact that they're targeting Jesus, I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. They, it, it's absolutely they'll. It's, and then they, now they're talking about Mount Rushmore. I mean, these people, there's no end. I mean, these people will go to whatever. So you have to under, You have to understand this, Roy. This Marxist agenda has to do with wiping out Christianity. They don't want any symbolism of Christianity left. I mean, look at some of the churches. I don't know how the churches are in your area. My church doesn't even, a church that holds 250 people, now we don't average that much, usually around 80, 90, 95 or so the mass I go to. We're, we're hard-pressed right. to get 20 or 25 people. Some of the churches in my area are by invitation only. What, what is that? Yeah. What is that? Where are the bishops? Where, why aren't they standing up? You know, I'm, 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 I'm not going to lose my faith over this, but I'm going to tell you, it's time for people to stand up, especially yeah. the religious leaders. It's true. It's you know, you true. can't have the I mean, police out there doing this all by themselves, you know, because they're obviously not getting no help from their community leaders. You know, at least they're, they're – uh, Christian brothers and sisters could stand up with them. And that's sure, all I have you know, to say, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. You can reach me on Twitter at Michael Valsi. Uh You can direct message me. I usually respond uh, pretty quickly. So uh, thanks again for having me, Roy. Yeah, and Michael, before I, I got to go to commercial real quick, but as a retired police chief and homicide detective, I'm sure what's going on, just going on out there, just sometimes makes you, makes you wish you could put the uniform back on, right? I mean, you probably want to be back out there more than anything. I'd love to be back out there because I wouldn't be the policemen that aren't answering calls. I, I, you know, I feel a sense to respond. I went to dinner with my family the other night. We parked by this restaurant. There were two policemen parked behind this building talking. I went in the restaurant for a couple of hours. We came out. They were still parked there talking. That means they're not doing their job. That's because they're, yeah. they're afraid. A lot of these policemen are afraid. They don't want to be headline news. You know? Yeah. I feel for these policemen. I really do. Yeah, you're right. If I could put a uniform on and get back out there, I'd be out there tomorrow. And, and Mike, do you, Mike, do you think we're going to see more resignations constantly as time goes on? I, I do for a little while, but I think it's all going to come to an end. A screeching halt here pretty quick. Whether it means we got to call in the National Guard or something, I, I, I just think you have to put a stop to it. And I think if right. you find any, you're not going to pass any laws on the flag or statues at this point in Congress, not with a Democratic Congress in the House. Right. But I think it will be right. done by executive order. And based on that Supreme Court ruling, they basically right. upheld executive orders. So he can issue an executive order 
and make it a mandatory one-year sentence for uh, burning the flag and 10-year sentence for uh, sure he could do that. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree 100%. Michael Valsi, always a pleasure. Stay with us. Uh, Everybody, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, We will be right back. Many people on the panel. I'm excited. Big night on the Rory Sauter Show. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries, 70 online platforms. 
coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. It's a beautiful night, everybody. I do want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us right now. I want to verify. We have popular attorney and talk show host, Eric Matheny. Eric, what's up, buddy? How are you, Rory? Thanks for having me. Eric, absolutely, my friend. It's a real honor. Obviously, uh, you lived, you've lived quite the life. You had your own show. Uh, you're a great attorney. Uh, you've done a lot of other things. Uh, first time on, though, tell everybody about yourself. Well, my name's Eric Matheny. I have a show called A Weekly Wrap-Up with Bob and Eric. We're on New Right Network, and you can check us out every Saturday at noon. I'm a criminal defense attorney here in South Florida, and you're broadcasting from Phoenix. I lived there for four years, go Sun Devils, and uh, living here in South Florida and supporting Trump big time. I love it, man. I love it. So what's going on? What's some some of your latest projects? Obviously, you got your show. I I know you're, you know, involved with activism. Uh, you know, you're you're a very heavy, you know, political-oriented guy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, obviously, with COVID-19, uh, business has slowed because the courts are closed. The courts are closed indefinitely, yep. so I've been able to dedicate a lot more time to the show. So New Right Network, we're doing our show every week, having some great guests, a lot of candidates. Uh, in fact, tomorrow night, if anyone's listening, if you're in southwest Florida, we're going to be at La Pescaria in Naples tomorrow night for Darren Aquino, who's running for Congress over in Naples, and it looks like he's going to win. Um, so that's what we're using our platform right now is we're trying to get as many candidates on because we understand that keeping the White House is important, but reclaiming the House of Representatives is equally, if not more, important. Absolutely, my friend, 100 percent. And, and Florida is one of those pivotal states, you know, it's perhaps it's one of the most important, you know, in these, especially in these elections, you know, we always want to keep it red. And, you know, I I get certain people look at it as a swing state, but overall, I I would say, you know, from what I've seen over the years, I'd say it's a red state. Wouldn't you agree? You don't have to worry about Florida ever going blue. Florida is as deep red as you can get. Uh, 15 minutes outside of any major city, and even in some major yeah. cities, it's it's a red state. The only reason the only reason I mention that is because I know Obama won it a few times. You know, didn't he win it twice or something? He did win it uh, in 2008, 2012. I can't recall. Um, But as far as being Trump country, and now I always say that Trump's victory was not a victory for the Republican Party. That was a victory for anti-establishmentism. And I I believe that uh, Florida is a loyal state to Trump. He's got a home down here. And look, when you get outside of Miami, even Miami with the uh, older uh, second and third generation Cubans, uh, you know, they've lived under socialism. They know what it's like. So they want nothing to do with that. They're very hardcore Trump. Broward County, where I am, is, is a blue county out west. It's, it's red. But you get up into Orlando, you get up into the Panhandle, you get up into the middle of the state, it is deep red. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, you know, you bring up Miami, and Miami, um, in terms of liberalism, in terms of, you know, situations like that, in Florida, would you say Miami is pretty much the main problem? I mean, would you say, other than that, it's mostly conservative? If you go to the, you know, obviously, I think Orlando may be a little liberal, but overall, 
Um, I, I think Miami Miami's the only one that really gets in the way in, in voting terms, right? Not necessarily. You no, know, Miami-Dade County, because uh, it's 72% Cuban, and those Cubans are very loyal Trump voters because a lot of them, they came here in the 60s, even the ones that came here in the 80s, they've lived under communism and they don't want it. It's their children and their grandchildren that are turning to what we're seeing now that are becoming activists, that are turning to this Black Lives Matter Antifa a narrative and are looking at, at socialism as being a viable alternative to capitalism. So it could become a problem. I don't think we're there yet. Broward, uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, greater Fort Lauderdale area is far more blue than Miami. Uh, but then Orlando and, and the middle of the state and the panhandle it typically is red. Uh, but really your big liberal areas are Jacksonville, uh, metro areas typically liberal, and then South Florida typically trends a little liberal. Yeah, because I, I, I know that the Cubans have pretty much always been dedicated for the most part to the Republican Party. I read a poll a little over 60% of Cubans uh, vote Republican, especially in Florida. That's what I, I – correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if that's a, a, you know, an accurate poll, but it sounds about right. I, I would give it uh, – yeah, I'd say it does sound very accurate. The, the Cubans are a very loyal conservative voting block, and another uh, voting block, too, where we have up in Broward County where I live, the city I live in in Broward County is 52% Venezuelan. And the Venezuelans are about as ardent American patriots as you'd ever find. Look, these people come. Yeah. They've seen socialism firsthand. They are yeah. laughing at these kids protesting on TV. They're saying, you have no idea what you're talking about. And they want nothing to do with it. And they're very hardcore uh, conservative and definitely Trump supporters. And, yeah, and you're an activist. And you're out there. You're, you're talking to people. You're getting the message and shining light. And I, I, lo- I, love, I love everything about it. And, and like, how – how do these people, you know, especially these Venezuelans, how do they react when they see these dumb, dumb Americans trying to say socialism is the answer, listening to Bernie? I mean, it's absolutely atrocious how these people in America think they can reinvent socialism when they're hearing from people that came firsthand from it that how bad it is. I mean, it's crazy, man. It is, and the people who have lived under it laugh at that, and they can't believe that people would actually want to have that. And I think above all, uh, you talk to Cubans, you talk to Venezuelans who have lived there, who have lived under socialism and know what it means to wait six weeks for a loaf of bread. Look, these upper-middle-class white kids that are hurling bottles and hurling bricks, they won't wait 60 minutes for their tacos to come via Uber Eats. So they have no idea what socialism is like. (laughs) I think they're bored is what they really are. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know, and, and you go out there, and um, so t- so tell tell us about this. I mean, in terms of you know how you view things, and and you know just everything that's going on. I mean, what, what's Corona like there? What are the riots going on? I mean, give us give us the rundown on that. Well, Corona, uh, it hit us here the same as everybody, probably not as hard um, because we are a warmer state, although we have seen a spike lately. But we also have a great governor in Ron DeSantis who didn't go overboard with the lockdowns. I think he was uh, a little tentative, uh, but positively so. What's that? I said I love that guy. Oh, Ron DeSantis, you're going to see him on the ticket, I'm telling you, 2024, 2028. He's not that old of a guy. He's in his early 40s. Uh, he's a great guy. I've met him. Uh, he's a great governor, best governor we've ever had, at least in my lifetime here. So we like him. Yeah. So he, he approached the lockdowns 
um, really from a pragmatic perspective, from a business perspective, trying to do as little economic damage as possible. Unfortunately, look, you know, what we're dealing with, people are going to suffer from this. And uh, fortunately, it's not California, it's not Michigan, and what they've done over there is just terrible. Uh, but we, we dealt with it the same as everyone, and we're coming out of it. Our phases are, are rolling out, and you know, we're, we're almost back to normal, give or take some things that have changed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and so tell me, tell me this, what, what are you, what are you guys working on as of now? I mean, what's the future hold for Florida? I mean, I know there's a lot of things coming up and, you know, I know, I know you're getting out there and I know you're, you're you know, you're, uh, it's a big election, man. 2020, it's the time of, of our life right now. We need to protect our, our country. Well, you know, Rory, I, I, I got to give a speech tomorrow night. And one thing I wrote down that I want to tell people is that, you know, we often say this is the most consequential election. And usually that's coming from people that want to sell you newspapers or want you to click on their website. Um, it really, right. this is not 2008. This is not 2012. It's not even 2016. This is really the most consequential election of our lifetime. And that's for one reason. We're not voting on candidates. We're not voting for an R or a D or platforms or issues. We're voting on are we going to have a country or not? We, we, we've seen it. You watch TV for 10 minutes. We've lived it for the last 90 days with these coronavirus lockdowns. We know what the Democrats will bring. And we've lived for the past three and a half years with Donald Trump, and we've seen the lowest unemployment we've had. We've seen record minority unemployment. We've seen a Dow at 29,000. Yeah. We know how good things were, and now we've seen how yeah. bad they can be. So we've had a taste of each, and it comes down to what kind of country. This is not an election about style. This is an election about substance. We're not debating law enforcement policy. We're debating whether law enforcement should be a thing. I mean, that's where we are culturally right now. I love it. I love it. Hey, hey, I want you, I want to, let's make you a regular. I, I, I love your insight. I love everything you have to offer. You're a very um, talented guy. Um, I, I tell everybody where they can find you. I know you have a huge following on Twitter. Um, and then stay with us. We've got a lot more to get into. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Eric M. Matheny. Follow me. Uh, pretty regular there. I have a New Right Network. We do our show every Saturday, 12 noon Eastern. We stream on Periscope, YouTube, Facebook Live, pretty much every online platform available. And, uh, and that's where you'll find us. And it's, we bring on great guests. And we talk about issues and trying to figure out how we're going to save this country. Absolutely, and I love it. And I've listened to the show before, and I, and I love it, Eric. And Eric, you and I Thank should you. collab and, and team up on some stuff. I think you and I would work well together. And I definitely w- want to make you a regular. So let's let's ma- let's make that happen. I appreciate that, and we'd love to extend the offer for you to come on our show anytime you'd like. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, stay with us. Stay with us, Eric. Um, I, I do want to introduce to the show right now. I believe he's with us. Uh, we have the chairman of chairs for the Florida Republican Party, Evan Power. Evan, what's up, buddy? How are you guys? Great to be on. Great to have you with us, Evan, your first time on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You've, you have quite the resume, my friend. <laughs> well, I'm here in Tallahassee, Florida. You know, we're fighting the good fight. I live in a liberal county, uh, but, you know, Florida's a red state, as we talked about a second ago on your show. And, you know, we're trying to fight the good fight and, and, and bring Republican principles. We elected Governor Ron DeSantis, who's a great fighter for our cause. And I think we're, we're proving that in Florida, um, our, our, 
policies are a success moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and t- tell us, so you obviously have a huge position. You know, you, your position w- with the Florida Republican Party is, uh, you know, very powerful. Uh, you, you're, tell us some of the latest things you've been working on and, and what you're putting together and, uh, you know, uh, in terms of 2020. And uh, I know there's a lot coming up, man. No, we got a lot going on in Florida. Obviously, we're a re- we, we feel that we were a red state. We wanted to deliver for the president. Um, but beyond that, we want to deliver a Republican Senate and a Republican House here in Florida. And beyond that, we have here in Leon County tonight, I have some breaking news for you, is that in Help. Leon County tonight, they passed, they passed a mask ordinance um, to require masks to be worn. This is a liberal county. We're going to sue them. Um, we're starting tomorrow. We're going to sue them and, and take them to court um, because we don't, we don't feel that the liberals should win this. And so we're taking that fight to them directly here in a liberal county. But as a state, as a whole, we're going to deliver for the president. So we're excited about that. Absolutely. And what, what are some of the biggest problems you see facing Florida? Well, part of, part of our problem is, you know, we shut down because of the virus. We're getting hard hit um, because tourism is our big industry. Um, um, the governor's done a great job of opening us back up. We're getting back to work. But the fact that Disney, Universal, those places have been shut down for a period of time, it took a toll on us unemployment-wise. And now we're, we're opening the businesses back up. We're getting people back to work. But there's a, there's a lagging indicator there. So I, I assume the media on the national level will try to hit us for our unemployment rate and those kinds of things. But if you live here and work here in Florida, we have a lot of success and that success will continue on once we get back going after this virus is over and continue moving forward. But that's what they're going to hit us on. No, I hear you. I hear you, man. I no, it's, it, it's a crazy time. And what, what do you make? What do you make of all the madness going on in the streets? What do you make of all this, man? Like just the riots, the looting. I mean, we're not, we're not allowed to go, you know, we're not allowed to open our businesses. Uh, we have to social distance, but uh, everybody else can uh, go out there and, uh, cause chaos and vandalize everybody else's property. I mean, it's pretty sick, right? No, it's amazing. It's a war on America. At the end of the day, it's a war on America, and it hurts. I, I, I turned on the TV last night, and I saw the ropes on Andrew Jackson's statue. And, and that's, yeah. that's offensive to me. And I was just I, – I, w- I was happy when I saw that the riot police came out and took care of it. But this assault on our history is what oh, makes yeah. us Americans. We share that, that, that shared history, and that's what makes us a great country is because we learn from the past, we move forward, and we have that shared experience. And when you take that away, we give it to Antifa and let them tear everything down. That destroys what the fabric of our country is. So true. It's so true. Um, you know, and, and how do you – what do you see as the future? I mean, how do you see this all playing out, I, you know, in the next couple of weeks? I mean, do you see it calming down or do you see it, you know, getting worse? I, I think people are going to try to make it worse. I think it will calm down outside of some of the hot spots that exist. Um, the, the, our enemies are going to try to inflame the situation. Um, but I really feel this is a replay of 2016 more than anything else. They're going to throw everything they can against the president. 
And, uh, you know, I tell people who may not be the number one Trump supporters in the world, if this was any other Republican president, they'd do the exact same thing. So they're going to throw everything they can against this man. And we're going to have to stand up and fight. And it, I feel it's a replay of 2016. And, and, and at the end of the day, we're going to prevail, and people are going to be very angry because the silent majority is the silent majority, and they're going to win. Because what I see is that, you know, once Trump wins in 2020, we're going to see blood in the streets. It's going to be a, a very nasty mess in terms of how the Democrats are going to respond. Uh, you know, I, I see this being worse than the 60s. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I was on the ground in 20, or 2017 when we had the inaugural and they were rioting. I think they're going to continue to do this. This is their new modus operandi is they're going to continue to keep pushing these riots and this and these kind of uprest. But the fact is that means we're winning. We're, we're, we're putting our policies in place, which for America is positive. And so the people who are unhappy with a positive America are going to fight harder. 100%. Amen. Hey, hey uh, you know, let, let's have you on here more often. I want you to stay, stay with us. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, though, and find and find you. You can find me at EvanPowerGOP.com and on Twitter at EvanPower. At, at Evan Absolutely. Evan, really, really a pleasure having you with us, man. Um, I, I love it, man. Thank you. No, happy to be on. Anytime you need me, I'm happy. Yes, yeah, stay, stay with us. Uh, I want to introduce to the show, I believe, um, want to make sure he's with us right now. Uh, give me one second. But I believe we have popular political commentator John Stubbins. Stubbins, John, are you with us? I am. How you doing, Roy? Hi, John. How are you, buddy? Welcome to the show. Uh, happy, happy to have you here. Uh, obviously a lot going on, but, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. You've, you've lived quite the life. Well, I've, I've got a lot going on. First of all, I'm, uh, I'm a U.S. military veteran and, uh, I have my own show indivisible with John Stubbins, which, uh, I started about three months ago. Uh, I, I had a meeting with, uh, David Padrush, who is Mark Levin's executive producer. And we were working on, uh, a couple TV series uh, on Sidney Powell's books, and uh, we're adapting those. Uh, and then we have a couple film projects we're working on, conservative projects. And then uh, about halfway through our meeting over at Fox, uh, David turned to me and said, Johnny, have your own show. And so since CPAC, I've been uh, working pretty much day and night putting this brand-new show together, this pilot. Uh, besides yeah. that, I'm working with Leon Benjamin, who's running for Congress in Virginia. Uh, he works on the, he's a spiritual advisory board member for a president. And, uh, he's also running for Congress there in Virginia. So Leon does several things, including, uh, one of his responsibilities is, uh, uh, running the opportunity zones that president Trump set up, uh, through the council. So we've got that. I work with Mark Cook at Prelude Pictures and Prelude Publishing. Uh, we've got a men's ministry called The First Hour for Men, uh, which we've taken all over the place and uh, trying to, uh, you know, we, we believe that uh, 
Uh, if you can heal the man, you can heal the family. If you can do that, then you can really truly heal the nation. So I'm incorporating that book. It's really not a book. It's more of a checklist, a 30-day study, I call it. Uh, we're incorporating that, and we're going to be soon using that in these opportunity zones and taking them into these communities where these uh, white, black, Hispanic, disadvantaged youth are and try to reach our young men to to do to do something with their lives and to find God. Uh, uh, besides that, uh, on the Prairie Picture side, uh, we're uh, about to uh, uh, work start working on a script for uh, the George Jones film, um, No Show Jones. Uh, Mark was on Huckabee a couple weeks ago, and uh, he had George's wife Nancy with him, and they talked about the film and also the first hour for men. So uh, besides that, just working on this show like crazy, uh, doing my research, uh, exposing this Marxist nonsense, uh, the lies. I, in fact, I did two shows last week. Uh, my first show was on Wednesday. I had Trevor Loudon on, and we exposed, pretty much connected all the dots on this on this masquerade. And then the very next day, I did a, a solo show where I got more in-depth on BLM and exposing some of that uh, uh, hypocrisy and the people involved in, in further connecting those dots. I love it. I love it. And, and, and you know, the, tre- the Trevor London thing was a big interview. Tell everybody about that. I know you were getting it out there. I know it provided a lot of uh, important insight and, and really um, – you know, uh, put a lot of things into perspective and gave us information that we didn't know before. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about it is, is uh, it's 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 like the the second the, the show after that, the very next day, I, I posed the simple question, and this is to all Americans, by the way. The question of does a white life or an Asian life or an Italian life or a black life matter? And the answer right. with all people of, of common sense and a brain is yes. All those lives matter, every single one of them. Okay, so that's the commonsensical part of this, the question, versus the movement or the group Black Lives Matter. And the movement and the group is built in Marxism, Maoist origins, They're tied in with the Islamic Jihad, uh, obviously the Black Panthers, the the Black Liberation Army. I mean, I can go on and on and on. It's it's astounding what we uncovered. Uh, But I got to tell you that what's happening right now that Americans are seeing on their television screen, that is not saying someone's lives matter. That's not what's going on. That movement, like you said earlier in your show, has been hijacked by BLM, the group. Three women started that group, and I'm sure everybody knows this by now, three lesbian women that are all tied into those groups that I've mentioned, and many, many others, by the way, with the Chinese Communist Party and the Democrats, by the way. I don't want to let them off the hook. This is This is all part of the Democratic Party strategy. It really is. No, it, it, it absolutely is. And it's one of those things that it's, I mean, we're, we're seeing 
you know, their playbook, you know, it, it never, it really is like a, the pages just keep going and going. I mean, they have all these different tactics that they, they put in place. And I mean, they're, it's, it's disgraceful. These people don't care about policy. They don't care about their voters. They care about power and they know they, you know, what, what helps them remain in power is creating this divisive, you know, uh, situation and uh, it's sad. It well, sure. really is sad. Sure. Yeah, and, and I got to you know? tell you, you know, uh, their website is constantly being adjusted. If you go to the Black Lives Matter website, and oh yeah, previously, oh, previously, oh, they had a bunch of information on the website, really revealing who they are. Yeah, don't shop. Yeah, they're saying don't shop at white businesses. Uh, white people give us your money. Uh, slavery reparations. Uh, white people should go to. Oh, and this is this is the craziest one. White people need to go to reconcentration camps and get education on how to treat. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It's out of control, brother. It really is. I've never seen anything like it. Um, I dude, I, I I love talking to you. Uh, I want you to stay with us. Um, tell everybody where they can connect with you and let's make you a regular. Let's get you on every week. Uh, you're a great voice. You're a great contributor. You know a lot what's going on in, in, in current, you know, culture and in our political realm. So let's definitely make that happen. But tell everybody where they can connect with you, find your book, uh, your social media, all that sure. good stuff. Sure. Uh, they can connect with me on YouTube. Uh, if you search uh, YouTube, it's Indivisible with John Stubbins. Uh, I'm on Facebook, same thing, Indivisible with yeah. John Stubbins. Uh, on Twitter, it's at John M, like Michael Stubbins. So at John yeah. M Stubbins on Twitter. And uh, if you want to go and check out the First Hour for Men, you can go to thefirsthour.com. Uh, and then in regards to the, the White House Advisory Board, uh, I would I would refer you to or soon to be Congressman Leon Benjamin for that, for the opportunity zones, but I am working with him and uh, hopefully be meeting the president here very shortly. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Really a pleasure having you with us and uh, excited to have you back next week, but stay with us. Uh, I do want to go to uh, retired NYPD officer, uh, Joe Murray, Joe, and get some of your, get some, get some of your thoughts. Got a few minutes left. Joe, uh, t- tell us, brother, Rory, what's on your mind? I, Rory, I got to tell you, one of the things I love about being on your show is, especially that, you know, we post the Facebook thing and, uh, you know, a lot of my friends then tune in. So I've been getting all these text messages about, you know, some from cops and some from, you know, civilian friends. One of the things I want to just bring up, because it's so important to understand, a lot of people are just not educated about what's happening. Police officers, let's just use this as an example. A police officer working in a black community, as a police officer, you're uh, in in an urban black community like NYPD I'm talking about. In the, the black and brown communities, that's where all the crime is. It's focused in that community. So you're going right. to have a lot of police officers, and they're responding to 911 calls calls for help, 
And what are those calls about? They're shooting, stabbings, rape, robbery. But if that's the only part of the community you're going to be interacting with, you're going to develop an opinion of that community because that's all you interact with. And police officers recognize this, and they understand it, and they temper that. But what's happening now, I believe, with all this social media and now all these events, people are watching these rare cases where police officers are like the Chauvin, uh, uh, Derek Chauvin case with, uh, um, what's his name, Floyd. So what's happening is people are now looking at that and they're only seeing the bad in police officers and they're forming an opinion about police officers. They're generalizing and they're doing exactly what they accuse cops are doing. Because cops are in these communities and they see the worst part of that community and they sometimes generalize that community. But the public is now doing the same thing. I think everyone needs to just take a deep breath, step back, and just look at the situation and just realize what you're looking at. You're not looking at the 600,000 police officers that are sworn and and doing a wonderful job. You're looking at the small Joe, minority. Joe, 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 it's so true. Joe, I, I do, I, I do got to wrap up the show. Tell, Joe, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find you. I am at, uh, on Twitter at, at Joe Murray law, Facebook, Joe Murray. And uh, my website for my firm is, uh, com. Thank you so much, Rory. I love being on the show. Well, I love being with you. Uh, I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Um, you guys are all amazing. I love you all. Uh, thanks to all my audience, co-hosts, sponsors, and guests. I will see you all on Thursday. Another big show planned. Until then, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.